This is episode 117 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and today we are going to be discussing the first four episodes of Kenobi, and then we're going to be talking about Jurassic Park 3 and the buildup to the release of and 17 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the show. I am your host, Noah, and I thought I would start off <clears throat> by talking a little bit about Kenobi. Kenobi. I did a little bit of a discussion on it, but it was mainly focused on the, um, com- you know, the, the, the racial stuff and, uh, you know, some of the, you know, pretty much uh, Disney calling their fans racist. It wasn't that interesting. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to continue and we're going to get into a little bit of what I think of the quality of the show. I previewed last time. There's some things that I liked and then there are some things that I'm just not not that sure on. I'm not that sure. And there, let's let's start off with the bad stuff. Let's let's end on a positive note when it comes to the show because I'm trying to give Disney everything that I can here. I mean, they're not doing good. I mean, half the stuff they're releasing is is mediocre crap, and I think that I'm not in the minority for saying that. It's not very enjoyable. People are holding on for dear life to say that this studio is still making anything worth watching. It's not. I started Chippendale. It's pretty miserable, okay? So they're not really making much good stuff anymore. All they've got is Star Wars, Marvel, and Pixar. They've pretty much done their best to suck the blood out of Marvel and Star Wars, and they're about to suck all the blood out of Pixar because last few outings, with the exception of Soul, have really not been up to the top tier of Pixar. And a lot of that, I think, is Disney's fault. So let's let's talk about Kenobi here because I do want to give the show – some positive. Let's start off with the main one. Ewan McGregor freaking is killing it in this show. This guy's been a great actor. He's always been a little bit underappreciated, and he's doing a great job. I mean, I love his performance in the prequel trilogy. I think that it is one of the best parts of the series, in my opinion, especially in Revenge of the Sith. So much emotion in that performance. He's a really solid actor, and he's putting on one of his best performances as this character in the show. Lots of complex emotions for Obi-Wan in this show, and a lot of regret, a lot of hurt, and a little bit of reclusiveness, you could say. He's not really a Force user currently, and the show is kind of showing him trying to find his way back with the Force once again. And and that causes for some moments that I think fans are not going to like, and I'll get into some that I agree with and some that I disagree with and I'm going to stand up for because I've been seeing some complaints here. I think some of those have some credence, and I think others do not. Kenobi uh, is a character that I've always have liked throughout the series, whether it was Alec Guinness or Ewan McGregor. And I'll be honest, guys, this show has been something that I have eagerly anticipated for years now. I mean, even when we got the first few sequels, I really wanted an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie or an Obi-Wan Kenobi show in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I even I got this um, canon novel, actually, that was the first uh, – it was the first – 
like canon novel that I've ever gone. It's called Kenobi Star Wars Legends. Really good series. The Legends series, uh, you know, collection I find very enjoyable. They did a Darth Bane trilogy that was pretty cool. And if you're a Star Wars fan, I would encourage you to check out some of those books, even if they may not be connected, quote unquote, with you know the official Star Wars universe. A lot of their stories are way better. And with the lack of good Star Wars content that we're getting i'm thinking about jumping back in and reading any even more even more of them because we're not really getting the original great stuff that i was really hoping for ewan mcgregor is of course bringing it though and i and i want to give him credit for that for sure because he's doing the best that he can here and i've i've been enjoying his performance and they you know to some divisiveness they brought in leia as a character interesting move not necessarily one that i was expecting or wanted I'll give the actress credit. She's doing a really good job. She's got some emotion. She's got some fun. I, I think that she's doing a good job. And getting a young actress, like a, a toddler essentially, to be playing as Leia, as Leia is, uh, I think, a risky move. And one that I think that the actress has clearly been up for, and she's been doing a good job. Now, that doesn't excuse, I think, some of the stuff that has not been working very well with this character in terms of so much screen time focused on her. It's kind of detracting from a lot of the story that I wanted to see. I wanted this to be a big character piece for Kenobi, but the show has become so, so obsessed with this, you know, the Moses Ingram character, Leia, this other girl that's coming in who was like an Imperial officer or some crap. And listen, I mean, I get Kenobi's a white male, but I mean, he's still a cool character. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why we had to bring all of these other characters in to detract from Obi-Wan. And, and when you go and read, if you read that Kenobi book that I was telling you guys about, by uh john jackson miller it, it it is exactly what i wanted the show to be in terms of a complete character piece focused around him a couple side characters but for the most part it stays rooted in kenobi and i don't really feel like that is the direction that the show is is really aiming for deborah chow has been doing an okay job i don't really know what she did to warrant such a big show, which I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand. I, I think Disney is just cheap, quite frankly, and they will just, you know, get any director for the right price. It's not really about the quality of the director. Deborah Chow's been doing a fine job, but honestly, Star Wars is kind of creeping into the Marvel syndrome of making the same looking piece every time they it's the same you know sets the same cgi it just it looks so bland now and say what you will and i'm gonna make a big point on this say what you will about the prequels but they had a far more diverse sense of flavor and color and style than this Disney stuff that just looks basic and the same and boring. I mean, in episode four, there's this scene. And if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. Episode four, the uh, the, the the female imperial officer, whatever you want to call her, captain, I don't know. 
She's going into this like fortress. She's got to get past this clearance. And the set for this place where she has to get clearance is so bland. And it's ridiculous. I, I, it, it just, I, ugh, listen, it looks fake. It's just imperial esque empire wallpaper. And then this one spot in the middle with this, like, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, like, scanning thing. Sorry. This scanning thing. And it, it's just so bland. And every set looks like this. This, like, room with something in the middle. And, yeah. Like, I just do not understand. Is it that hard to make... A, a show that looks that has just a diverse range of you know uh, like looks because everything here just looks and feels the same and you know I, shows with a far lesser budget have been able to pull off a better look let's you know i'm not even going to pull up any examples you guys know that this is possible to get a more diverse look than this. I'm not talking about race stuff. I'm talking about visuals. I mean, I'm talking about sets, character design. All of these aliens look cheap. Like, even the creatures in the original trilogy had a cooler look than these dum-dums. I mean, it's just... It, it's annoying to me that... I, I tune in for this show in hopes of something that looks cool. None of this looks that cool. And I, maybe it's because it's Jedi. Because I never really had this problem with the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, I always thought, looked good. And I guess that's because it's a bounty hunter show. And this Kenobi show technically has grander stakes because now we're dealing with the force and jedi and darth vader and the empire they're taking things up a couple notches to a degree that even the mandalorian hasn't really fully tackled and they're not really meeting with the scale in terms of the visual look of everything and that's that's a nitpick there it's just it looks tv and it looks fake the performances are honestly just not that good and I'm not going to pick on Moses Ingram, but she is just, her character is a drag on this show. And it's so mind-boggling to me why this character is getting more screen time than Kenobi. I just watched episode four of Kenobi. Obi-Wan does, like, crap. Like, he does essentially nothing. I mean, he comes in, he, like, breaks open a glass, and then, like, chops up a couple stormtroopers... And then, like, does whatever this captain wants him to do or something. It's just, like, I, I don't understand. Moses Ingram is in this show more than Kenobi. At least it feels that way. I, I think we need to change the name, guys. This is not a Kenobi show. We got to change the name. Because everybody who's calling this, this show Kenobi, they're wrong, okay? They're not correct. This show is called, uh, what what's the name of the guy? Uh. This show is called The Fourth Sister, Reva. Wait, that's what we got to call it. Reva. This show is called Reva because she is getting more screen time than Kenobi. It seems like the show likes her more than the main character. What's up with that? What? 
I thought I was tuning into a Kenobi show. I mean, why am I watching Moses Ingram so much when I tune in for a Kenobi show? And listen, Moses Ingram is not really good in this show. The character is not the most interesting. There's a moment when Vader was like choking her. And I was like, just get her out of here. Like, just just kill her. I, 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 I can't stand characters like this that are, especially in a TV show. When there's a character in a movie that you don't like, you can kind of go, oh, that was my favorite part. But I have to make a big deal out of this character because she's in the show all the time. All the time she's in this show and she's sucking the life out of it. It was, I got to make this complaint absolutely clear. Because when you have a television show, if there's something you don't like, it instantly is a bigger problem. Because I have six hours of this show. I'm spending six hours with Reva. And I'm like spending three hours with Kenobi. That's how it feels to me. Like Reva is in this show so much. And she's like getting all these character building scenes with Leia. Kenobi, like, does he have any growth in this episode or any pivotal scene besides that cool moment where he and Vader are both in their bathtub tanks and they're having like that force connection, which, which I like. That was cool. But I I accidentally kind of transitioned into the nitpicks here. Uh, I, let's make let's make a, um, a a compliment here. You know, I gave a compliment to Leia. I gave a compliment to um, Ewan McGregor. Vader, Vader's in this show. And I think a lot of people were eagerly anticipating Vader here. And I was open to it because, guys, it's really a coin flip between who's the better villain, Joker or Darth Vader. Because sometimes I just do not know. Darth Vader is the coolest freaking villain ever. Like he is got, He's got this awesome silhouette, this great costume, this great voice, this menacing presence. He's just – it's – it's character building one-on-one or it's character creating one-on-one because as soon as Vader walked through the door, he's got like 10 minutes of screen time or something in the first movie. How many, let me see here. Let me look this up. I want to see how long, how many, how long Vader has been on screen. How Okay. Eight minutes and six seconds in the first Star Wars movie. And in the original trilogy, he's only got 37 minutes. That is insane to me. Eight minutes of screen time in that first 1977 film. And the dude is iconic. He is, without a doubt, one of the best villains in sci-fi, in fantasy, in fiction, in movies and even in books, he's freaking awesome. I, there's a lot of great Vader books. If you can't get enough of Vader, there's comic books, there's canon, there's so much stuff. And I like in Rogue One, when he popped up for like freaking 30 seconds and killed everyone, that was the coolest part of the whole movie. And Hayden Christensen was like, hey, maybe we'll do a Vader show. I said, yes, please do, because that would be awesome. Oh, hold on. I just want listen. Simple, uh, here I go. I'm going to pitch a Vader show. Vader, he's looking for something. And, or whatever. Like a cop, like a force cube or something. And there are like some, some cool like rogue Jedi slash Sith. Kind of in between. And they have like, they have like no code at all. Because even Sith have code, right? They have no code at all. 
and they they are like hunting Vader. And these guys are deadly, and they pop up like all the time, and they get great action scenes. But over the course of the six episodes, I want Vader to just come through towns and kill everybody. I just need Vader to come through and just commit genocide against. And then I want him to like go against an army of like five thousand and kill them all. Like I just want Vader to kill people pretty much for six hours. That is sounds way more fun than what the heck, whatever the heck we're getting and Kenobi. Let's, you know, go to this base and then fly to this base and fly all around and then let's walk through the desert and stuff like that. Just get Darth Vader going through planets and freaking killing the last few. Yes, they're, they're, forget about the assassins. Let's have Darth Vader hunt the last few Jedi for six episodes. And then, like, the rebels, like 5,000, like, rebels, they swarm them and they go, you're surrounded, Vader. And then... And then Vader's like, all I'm surrounded by is death. And then he freaking kills all of them. And he starts to this dude. And Okay? It's a pretty simple pitch. But no way is Disney going to do that. Because they're too scared. They cannot be edgy. It's just not in their DNA. Why, like, listen, I, I'm going crazy here because everything that I get from this studio is the same stuff. It's all the same. It's the same nitpicks that I have for the MCU. It's the same nitpicks that I have for Star Wars. They all have the same problems. When two separate entities have the same problems and they're owned by one big company, then more than likely, it's something about the company. Because... They've done nothing that is like mind blowing or, you know, like completely off the cuff. A Vader show killing everybody would be pretty freaking cool because a lot of people love Vader for something that he never did in the movies, which is like go around, fight Jedi, kill them, and like say cool stuff. Because, I mean, quite frankly, we we just me I would like a Kenobi and a Vader show. Let give me both, please. Is that so hard? There's a great great Vader book as well. I'm gonna I'm just recommending canon essentially, which is uh, you know we're we're going into some deep places when I'm recommending canon. Okay, guys, if you want cool Darth Vader, go buy Lords of the Sith. That's a good one. I own that, and then. The, and then go buy Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader by James Lucino. Great Star Wars author, James Lucino. And then The Lords of the Sith book is written by Paul S. Kemp. Or, yeah, Kemp. Guys, there's a lot of cool Vader stuff out there. And honestly, we get so little of awesome Vader that I am about to just go on a crazy, like, Vader dive because... When he comes in this show, I get like goosebumps. I'm like, I mean, he's my favorite character in Star Wars. The dude rocks. Vader is awesome. And we kind of get what I want. Vader comes through this town in the third episode and he just chokes everybody, stopping next to him, throwing him around. He's killing him and he's looking at Obi Wan because he knows he's there. He's just ripping him and he's snapping necks and stuff. 
It's awesome. And then he fights Kenobi, and Kenobi's like a little wimpy, and Vader unleashes the lightsaber. He's chased after him. He's like the boogeyman. He's coming after him. He lights this fire. He drags Kenobi. He's like, now you feel my pain, sucker. It, it's awesome because, honestly, the fight itself wasn't cool, but Vader is so cool that it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. And this is the type of stuff that I want. Hayden Christensen, make it happen. Before James Earl Jones dies, I want the six-part Vader show, genocide and killing Jedi and cool lines and totally being overpowered for six episodes of just insane action. I want that show. I want that show. I don't give a crap about Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Let's give us that. Let's give the fans what they want and give them the Cassian Andor show. Let's give them that. No, nobody wants that show. You know what we want? Vader, six freaking episodes, killing everyone. Just you. <laughs> You know, just like, give us that, please. No Andor, no robot series, right? We're getting some freaking droid show. Nobody wants this. You know what we want? The Vader show. Give us the Vader show. That is what Star Wars fans need. Don't anybody tell me that I'm wrong. You guys know that this is what Star Wars needs to do. Kathleen Kennedy Get on it. John Favreau, get on it. This is what the fans want, people. The Vader fans, guys, need to rise up and scream for this show. If you are a Darth Vader fan, I need you to scream to high heaven for this show. Because Andor and the Droid Wars and Kenobi Season 2, this is not what we want. What we need is the six-part Vader show where he kills everybody for six episodes and Jedi die and he goes through and he kills, you know, these villages and stuff and then the rebels surround him, 5,000 people with guns and they say, Vader, you're surrounded and he says, no, I'm not. And he just freaking kills them all. And he says, that's right, boy. And it's done. It's the thing. That's the show. Nobody is going to tell me that that doesn't sound cooler than what we've been getting, which, I mean, going back to <laughs> going back to Kenobi, this story is just not interesting. It's like the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian is Kenobi and Yoda or Grogu is Leia. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like this isn't the worst show ever. It's not horrible. It's just mediocre. But when Vader shows up, I got you know, like, oh, Vader, and he's. You know, like, you're going to feel my pain, Kenobi. He drags him through the coals, and he, you know, the fire's in front of Vader. He looks menacing, and James Earl Jones is back, voicing Vader. Adrian Christensen looking cool in the suit. He's in the Bantha tank or whatever. The, I don't know. And, man, it's cool, right? It's not cool when Kenobi's like, I'm not going to pull out my lightsaber. I'm going to pull out my blaster. Pew, 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 pew. 
And then it was like, nah, guys. The six part Kenobi show is not working right now. We need the Vader show. The Vader show, guys. Give it to me. All I it's just Vader. Okay, it's oh that's all it is. Vader. Six episodes of non-stop deep action. And then there's those those quiet moments where Vader's suiting up and it's it's creepy. It's got atmosphere. And then, you know, even throw Sidious in there. That'd be cool, right? Like, come on. Give us that. Give us a cool Vader show. Is that so hard? But no, we can't kill people in shows because that uh, wouldn't be right. No. This is not what we need, people. We don't need and or we need Vader. Vader, guys. You know I'm right. You know this is what the fans want. Kathleen Kennedy, you've about killed Star Wars. You can save it. Save it, Kathleen Kennedy. You can do it. Give us the Vader miniseries. One season. Just one season. I don't need multiple seasons. I don't know why Disney... We'll just like release a miniseries and then go, hey, maybe we're doing a, a season two. Wouldn't you want that? No. If that is what I'm getting instead of Vader 2, then I'm going to write. These will not be peaceful protests. These will be riots. I'm storming. I'm storming Disney World. I'm going over there. I'm going to knock on the castle. Hey, Kathleen Kennedy, let Come, come on, give me the Vader show. Nobody wants Kenobi season two. <gasps> we need Vader. So, I think I've made my case, and the show's okay. It's not the worst, but this is just not what I wanted from, from a, a series that I've anticipated so much and wanted for such a long time, this is just not up to par with what I guess what I had in my head, or even what um even what was written. I mean, it's it is unfortunate. The the book was better, guys. If you're not feeling fulfilled by this show, but you want that really good Kenobi character piece, look at the book and and buy it. It's a really good book. It's my favorite piece of Star Wars canon. It's a good book. And it's got everything that I really did want from this series. And the Vader stuff is cool. And there's moments where Kenobi is getting the story that I wanted, but the show is just, it's so overshadowed by this schlock that I never asked for and never wanted. So there's my piece. That's how I'm thinking about Kenobi. Four episodes. In. This will not be the last time that you hear about the Vader show because this idea is embedded in my brain and it is necessary that I get this show. You understand? I will resubscribe to Disney Plus for this show. I kid you guys not. This show must happen because Vader is that cool. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. There's my thoughts on Kenobi. We're going to take a quick break and then – we're going to talk about Jurassic Park 3 because you bet 
I've got some things to say about that. <sighs> Jurassic Park 3. Guys, Jurassic Park 2, uh, The Lost World, wasn't that good. I gave you guys my review on it. I'm seeing, you know, on, like, you know, because Jurassic World Dominion is out, I've been seeing, you know, some reviews like, oh, I watched Jurassic Park 2 again. And you know what? It wasn't that bad as I thought. And, you know, people give it a bad rap. And check it out. It is good for what it is. I disagree. You guys can go listen to that review. Jurassic Park 3 is apparently supposed to be worse. And that was my big fear going in is I just can't take much more of this mediocre nonsense. I'll be honest, guys. When I'm done with this Jurassic Park series and then I'm done with Harry Potter, I'm going to have to find like a, a series that or like a movie even that is just so good. So good. I can come on here for an hour and just and absorb the greatness because – this mediocre nonsense that I've been getting these past couple, you know, weeks or so, it just hasn't been doing it for me. And with Kenobi, uh, you know, right along with it, just the, the twist of the blade, I'm going to need something else here. And hopefully I'll figure out what exactly that is at some point in time. Now, Jurassic World Dominion came out recently let's talk about that for a second now i haven't seen it and it may be a little bit longer than i originally had hoped for before i actually get to that film i have a jujitsu and mma tournament coming up in memphis on saturday we leave friday for weigh-ins and that's going to take up a large portion of my weekend maybe i see it sunday we'll just have to see i may be able to see it thursday but i'm not sure um, I highly doubt that I'll be able to see it Thursday, but that being said, it's been getting some bad reviews. It's the lowest rated film in the series. And this series is honestly pretty mediocre. When I look at the ratings, when people praise Dr Jurassic Park, they're not really praising the series. They're praising that first film. And man, that was a good first film. The Lost World didn't do it. And... It doesn't look like Jurassic World is going to be able to do it either because it looks bad. And the reviews are only confirming that. It's got a 2.5 on Letterboxd. It's looking bad. It's looking, it's looking real bad. Now, Jurassic Park 3 is a 2.7. So uh, a couple points above that, but or a couple, you know, 0.2 points, I guess. But anyway. Let's talk about this movie. We got Sam Neill returning. And what I think this movie reminded me of the most is Indiana Jones. Joe Johnston, I think a bit of a Spielberg fan, you could say. Uh, a lot of his films kind of feel Spielbergian to me. And it makes sense why he would be the choice to make the third film here. Obviously, Spielberg did not want to come back after really messing it up with The Lost World. Now they've put this kind of rip-off director, Joe Johnston, in here. And we do have Sam Neill coming back. And it kind of feels like he is channeling Indiana Jones here. I didn't really get that from the first movie. Maybe I need to watch it again and see if that's the case. In this movie, he felt a lot 
like an Indiana Jones figure. And they are really kind of trying to remind you of that. And instead of making a Jurassic Park film, they're kind of trying to make Indiana Jones with dinosaurs. Indiana Jones and the Dinosaur Island. There you go. Maybe that's the fifth movie. But, you know, he's got this hat, right? And he puts the hat, like, on his on his eyes while he's in the plane, just like Harrison Ford did when he got in the plane. And he's kind of this groucho, but he's kind of got a bit of that enthusiasm in him. He's teaching these – he's giving out these lectures that nobody really cares about. And then it kind of goes crystal skull on us when we bring in this uh, Billy guy, Billy, who I thought should have been played by Shia LaBeouf because he just kind of feels like that guy in the, the Kingdom of Crystal Skull. Lots of Kingdom and the Crystal Skull here. I think Spielberg might have watched this film and went, yes, that is my next Indiana Jones film. This is what the fans want to see. Um, and Sam Neill does good in this movie. He's better than Jeff Goldblum, I think, in terms of a leading man, you could say. Uh, people may disagree, but I thought that Sam Neill made for a better protagonist. And that being said, the movie is not really that focused on Sam Neill. It cares much more for this Kirby family and it's mainly focused on William H. Macy from Fargo, who is uh, teaming up with his ex-wife, Amanda, played by Tia Leone. And they are trying to find their son on this island, uh, played by Trevor Morgan. Eric, young Eric, was lost on this island. And they're going out to look for him. And they kind of trick the Sam Neill character into going along with them to try and find this boy. And they kind of are taking, I think a different approach than the series has in the past where they, the dinosaurs are just kind of like torturing them as they try and find this boy. It's not very dinosaur rooted and it doesn't really have much to say about the themes that I even felt the lost world was kind of trying to go for this movie doesn't really care about that. It's much more, you know, family. And really, it kind of feels like the Kirby's are the stars. And Sam Neill's was like, I'm here because it's a Jurassic Park film. Gotta have somebody from the main cast come in. And yeah, he like, we were introduced to him and you think he's married with Laura Dern and that he's not. He's not. And we have a scene about how He's like, hey, raptors. And she's like, really? Raptors? You've, you've, you found new information on raptors? That's so cool. Um, that was, that's so cool, Alan. Man, it's so cool about those raptors. And he's like, yeah, you know, they apparently they hunt in packs and eggs stuff. And love you. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm married. And uh, we're not, no. No, but uh, I'll see you in the, the third Jurassic World film in Dominion. It's going to be a real bad movie. And it was okay. I'm kidding. They didn't really, they didn't really have that conversation. But it'd be, it'd be kind of funny if they did. Like, hey, we're going to come back in 20, 21 years. By the time your kid's an adult, uh, we're going to reunite. 
and we're gonna be in a real bad film with that uh, Star Lord guy from uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, you thought he was chubby, but he, actually, he's real shredded now, and uh, people don't like him because he uh, kills deer. Really? I can't believe that, Alan. That's so crazy. That is so crazy. He's like, yeah, you know, we're gonna reunite. It's not gonna be a good film, but I hear Ian Malcolm will be in it. Oh, Ian? He's so funny. Yeah, he's all right. He wrote a bad book. They talk about the book actually in the movie. They go, I, I think Alan Grant asks the Eric kid when they you know meet up. Hey, you know, did you read Ian's book? And he goes, Yeah, it was bad. It was not. A, you want a good book, man? This boring, like chaos stuff. It was, yeah, <laughs> Ian was never much of a writer. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, he's in this movie. Actually, he's not, but he's mentioned. Got to keep that continuity going in the Jurassic Park series. Anyway, I got way off topic. It's very focused on the family. I like William H. Macy uh, from Fargo. That was a really cool performance from him. And this movie doesn't necessarily, you know, do the family drama well. Here's I'm going to say that the movie's 90 minutes. It's a smaller scale than the other two. Something about it, though, was a little bit more endearing. And maybe it was the family stuff, which isn't even that well done. Don't get me wrong. It's not even the most well done. But the smaller scale was honestly something that I thought worked a little bit better. The dinosaur CGI is still not that good, in my opinion. It, they still haven't really gotten there completely. And... There are some sequences. There's this, there's this dinosaur fight that happens that was pretty cool. I liked that. But anytime like these uh, pterodactyls, like they swoop up this guy, and you know they're suffocating him in the water, they're drowning him, they're flying around and stuff like that. It, it's not the best action. The movie does its best to have like a ninety, like to be pretty much a ninety minute action film, and it's even listed as a thriller in Letterbox. On it's listed as a thriller. And an action film. And the action and thriller aspects are not what works best about the movie. These kind of cheesy characters were really what kind of endeared me the most to it. And it felt, honestly, if this was not a film that was related to the Jurassic Park series, then this could be just like some like VHS old film. You know, that was like that Quentin Tarantino would tell you like, man, this is the real, the, the real films right here. The Jurassic Park 3. You think Jurassic Park was good? Steven Spielberg don't know crap. Joe Johnston is the man. Jurassic Park 3, very underrated. Very underrated. That would kind of be what this film would be, in, if, in my opinion. If it wasn't connected to that first film, then it would be one of those low-rent vod films that some people would like but because it's connected to this film that we love so much it kind of gets this this hate like this film should have been better why wasn't it better and if you came into this movie with no expectations no relation to that original film i don't think people would dislike this movie as much because it's just it's just a cheesy cheesy film and that's okay. Like, I'm fine for some cheapo... I'm sure this film costs a lot of money, but it feels cheap. It doesn't look great. A lot of it's gray, and it it is a little bit of a cheapo film, but if 
people didn't come into this movie with those with all these expectations, there may be something here for people. And I I, I don't love this film, but I'm not gonna hate on it. And maybe this film just kind of caught me at the right moment. I'm not sure, but Jurassic the Jurassic Park Two, The Lost World just did not go in a direction that I found at all interesting. Nothing in that movie really worked. And there's some stuff in this movie where I go, well, that's not good, but, you know, I'm not having the worst time. And I was not engaged fully, but I was was just kind of sitting there and I was like, you know, this is oddly kind of more fun to me than the first film. There's better, I thought there was better dinosaur sequences I think Samuel is a better hero or protagonist than Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum. And I thought that this family was better than, you know, Julianne Moore and that kid. I didn't think that they were that cool. Or, or Vince Vaughn, who's kind of playing this the fake Shia LaBeouf role. I'm going to look at this guy. Alessandro Nivore is kind of playing the Shia LaBeouf role from... Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The guy hasn't been in much. He was in uh, Face Off and the Art of Self. Oh, he was the um, he was the coach in the Art of Self Defense. Guys, watch the Art of Self Defense. That's a really cool film. Check that film out. That's a good one. And he is great in the Art of Self Defense. He plays a really good role in that movie. Here, he kind of has this uh, originally this you know, teacher mentor role, teacher student role with the Sam Neill, Alan Grant character. And then the guy takes these raptor eggs on the island, kind of out like, of like, we'll keep the park alive for 10 more years because nobody cares about archaeology, Grant. These, that, we'll be able to sell it for millions and keep the park or the, keep the, the dig site alive, the dig site. <sighs> We can keep it alive, Grant, with these eggs. I had the best intentions, and I'm sorry. And and Samuel looks at him and goes, Atrocities have happened because, because people have gone into something with the best intentions, you stupid kid. You know nothing. You know nothing. And they kind of have like a little bit of a moment where they don't get along, and then... The Shia LaBeouf, Faco, Billy, he makes the play to save the kid from these pterodactyls. And because he makes the sacrifice play, you know, there's a little nod to the Avengers there. Because he makes the sacrifice play, Samuel once again respects him again. And that's kind of the character growth that both of them have. You never see Laura Dern again, funny enough. And I thought she was going to come back at the end, but she doesn't. And I don't even know why she's in this movie. I like the Lord Dern character in the first film, but she didn't get crap to do in this third movie. It's pretty much just a 90-minute look for this kid. The big There is still pacing issues here. And they find the kid about an hour in, and then we have to have like 30 more minutes of this bad action. And that is my big problem here is even though this is the shortest of the series – there are still so many long stretches in this movie where I'm bored and I'm ready for the movie to get on with it. And it's uh, just not 
it's not the most engaging stuff out there. And man, this series has really just struggled since that first Jurassic Park film. And this movie has a lot of problems with it. The the characters are not the most engaging. Sam Neill is kind of playing an Indiana Jones ripoff. And that is a problem for sure. But it's not the worst stuff ever. And it's not even mediocre. It's It has its moments. It has its fun, guys. It has its fun. And, oh my. Uh, I'm willing to potentially give this movie, uh, dare I say it, dare I say it, a weak recommend? Maybe. I'm just so ambiguous here. And normally, I would go, no, not recommend. Because... I'm ambiguous. It's it's mediocre. But actually, I don't feel like this film is just the absolute worst. It's just, like I said, if you go into it with the lowest of expectations, it's not a Jurassic Park sequel. It's Think of it as it's just some low-budget thriller sci-fi schlock, pretty much, that you could only find on VHS. And if you come at it from that perspective, I don't think you'll be in for the worst time. So I say that I think that you guys may find some enjoyment here, especially this movie only being 90 minutes. The last film was two hours. No, that film was not going to work for two hours. This is only 90 minutes of your time. Go watch The Art of Self-Defense and then watch this film. Just kind of as like, you know, the afterburn or like that, you know, because, you know, I'll watch a movie and then and then I'll go like, you know what? I'm going to turn something like that's not as good on just for a little bit. And I this is kind of one of those films. You know, just turn it on. Just turn it on for a little bit. And there's some good here. There's some bad. I, I think some of the dinosaur stuff actually works. Sam Neill's a better protagonist. The family is better than last time. The themes are not really what I was looking for out of this series at this point, because Jurassic Park had a lot of those themes that I thought was, was exciting. And the lost world was trying to continue them just unsuccessfully. And I actually realized after recording that episode that the lost world is actually based on a book. It, the, the Jurassic Park book series, it's actually a, a series. I didn't know that. And now I'm interested in if, knowing if that book was any good because the, the writing in Lost World was not that great. The writing in Jurassic Park 3 is just simple, and it's a little bit bland, but ultimately there's like enough like cheesy acting and just kind of laughable moments in this film. I was just like, this film is just silly. It's just silly. And sometimes I'm in for just the, like a ridiculous film where it's like it's not the most wild, like, you know, it's not the room, but it – it, it, it just kind of has this endearing quality to it where, you know, the family, even I like William H. Macy, but he's very cheesy in this movie. Tia Leone is pretty cheesy. Alessandro Nivoli is cheesy. All these guys sound like Italians. I don't know what's up with that. And then Trevor Morgan. There we go. An American name. Dang it. We need an American name in this cast. Uh, but Trevor Morgan you know, they're, they're all kind of, it's just a cheesy film, a little cheesy family. And sometimes those films are not the worst. You know, I watched the two bad Ewok films on Disney plus. They weren't the worst. They are very bad films in terms of 
you know, how they're made and so forth. I, they're not that well made, but they're, 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 there's some sort of endearing cheesiness to them that I didn't find to be that bad. But anyway, I, I think that this film is is worth the watch. I'm just kind of on on the edge here, really. I think it's I'm gonna give it a weak recommend because this film is not going for nearly as grand of a scale as The Lost World. And I think it kind of makes that film it, it makes Jurassic Park 3 better for it. It's keeping this smaller scale, focusing on this family, a little bit of fun dinosaur stuff, even though the action's not that great. They got Sam Neill in here ripping up Indiana Jones. And, you know, it's it's like I said, if you come into it with this with low expectations, you may find something here. I'm just so ambivalent to this series. It's not been my favorite so far, besides the first film. I do not feel confident going into Jurassic World, but that is what's next up. You know, there you go. We recommend Jurassic World is coming up. We're, that's going to be our next episode, I think, and then we'll do Fallen Kingdom and then Dominion. That's the plan. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I honestly spent more time talking about Kenobi than I did this kind of cheapo Jurassic Park film. But they're both in a similar boat where they got good stuff and they got bad stuff. And they're both kind of weak, but there's stuff here that I think people will enjoy. So there you go. And give me my Vader show, please. Thank you. Now, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Jurassic World will be coming soon. And then if you're a fan of the show, which I don't think many people are, but if you are one of the rare few, head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. And head over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating on there too. I like listening to podcasts on Spotify more than I do Apple Podcasts. I don't know why that is, but I use Spotify more. And it's a pretty good system. It's pretty good. Uh, and now they have ratings on there. So five stars on Spotify would also help a lot just to get the show out there more. We have no social media, so we're not really posting anything to get listeners. But who knows? Maybe in the future. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. But I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It was fun getting to come on here, talk about these mediocre projects. Jurassic World is coming soon. That's going to be our next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this review. I hope that you enjoyed it. My name is No Nukem, and I'll see you guys on the flip of the flop.